Hey team, it's time for another edition of In the Clinic with Rob, your place for health, wellness, fitness, sports, or whatever else I want to talk about for, you guessed it, people, not animals. Welcome to the show. You are absolutely the best part of our day. So let's get started. Welcome, 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 welcome back to another edition of In the Clinic with Rob. As always, your place for health, wellness, fitness, sports, or anything else I want to talk about for people, not animals. Again, welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you for being a part of this show. You are absolutely the best part of our show. So, yes, let's get started. Again, I am back, back in Colville, back in business. We just had a great family vacation together. Spent the last uh, eight days on a tropical island, enjoying the sun, enjoying the heat, and oh my, spending money. So (laughs) all in all was um, a fantastic uh, family vacation. And we ended up going to the great uh, state of Hawaii, which uh, we truly enjoyed the trip. I mean, this is a different climate, um, something that I had never experienced before, never been in um, Colville. I mean, I'm sorry, in Hawaii before. Uh, my wife had always talked about what a great experience it was, and this is something we wanted our kids to be a part of. So um, through all the multiple hurdles the state of Hawaii has you go through, um, right down to almost a DNA sample, it was interesting that we actually made it there and made it back in one piece. So um, all in all, a couple, a couple of the highlights that we had um, while we were there one, my wife uh, is the activity planner and did a, a fantastic job of, a job of mixing um, pleasure and rest. And we had had some experiences in the past where we went on vacation and had ran around and saw so much and did so much that it turned into um, work more than more than rest. So this time there's a nice uh, blend of rest and um, activity. And one of those activities my wife had a lifetime dream of riding horses on a beach by an ocean. Um, Just a childhood type fantasy deal. And uh, she was able to make this happen. And it was, it was an awesome um, experience because um, uh, of, of the atmosphere that was set up and it was um, right at uh, sundown. So it was kind of magical. The only thing about it is it was on the opposite side of the island. And when it's on the opposite side of the island um, with an Uber, <laughs> it, it gets interesting just to get there. Um, but we had a great driver named Ed, loved you Ed, thank you, who um, actually cared about us as people. And it was, it was so nice because we um, went all the way over to the other side of the island and we showed up at these polo grounds and you're thinking, hey, a polo grounds, it's going to be some ritzy place. It wasn't exactly a ritzy place. It was um, outside of a smaller town, out, you know, a couple miles out. 
and we're right there on the ocean and the people there were fantastic it was awesome and the horses you know i've ridden a horse like when i was 11 or something and um, never really rode in my life and these horses were so trained and and easy and light going that all four of us were able to ride without any problems and so it was just a a, a magical deal until um we realized the beach was a nude beach and <laughs> The three guys that were all together on the nude beach made it really interesting. So, <laughs> so that's not part of the magical part. Um, the magical part was uh, just the the sunset, the pictures, the memories. Um, that was pretty neat. But also trying to get home at sundown um, on uh, 45 miles away from your your destination in a small town where there's not a lot of uber drives uber rides it was um, interesting but our guy joe completely came through for us was an awesome driver as well and uh all in all the people over there were fantastic a couple other um couple other notes uh my son easton was stung by jellyfish um no uh, we didn't have to pee on it. I know that's uh, a standard deal that people feel that jellyfish stings. You need to pee on it, and the urea helps neutralize toxins. Nope, vinegar. That's the key. Lifeguards threw vinegar all over it, helped neutralize, and he, he eventually um, came to. So uh, myself as well were was stung by a jellyfish while we were snorkeling. Had a awesome experience snorkeling crystal clear water 40 feet down you know you're in salt water so you float really easy we were able to feed fish uh, see sea turtles that were on the bottom that came up for air my daughter's jumping off um, the top of the boat doing you know cannonballs and stuff and it was it was another magical experience so all in all um, you know what a, what a great experience you know it's it's good to be back home overall um you know i know that all of us after eight days of, of traveling being on the road and even on a tropical island you, you kind of miss your own atmosphere and two boy oh boy it's expensive over there it's um you know they're they're trying to make the most out of what they lost throughout the year of not having any tourists so uh you know it's 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 a great time with my wife um we had some great moments on the beach, just her and I walking the grounds and sitting oceanside. You know, she's she's a great woman, um, great person, planned an, a fantastic trip. And, and all in all, I'm really humbled that we were able to do something like that as a family that eventually my kids will look back on and say that was that was a neat experience. So all in all, um, you know, first day back today, um, able to do, do this podcast. Uh, later on, we're going to have um, Lana Hughes that will be our special guest today doing an interview on total knee replacements and her experience that's that's going to be great little tease there and uh, we're also today going to mainly touch on total knee replacements overall so it's it should give good perspective on on what to expect moving forward so you know uh let's switch gears to how the clinic did while while i was gone um you know again another humbling moment is that i'm very proud of our company that i could step away from the clinic and uh, there's no fires to put out. Um, everybody works well together, and everything still runs efficiently. That's that's a great sign of, of maturity in our office, um, and the people that are here, uh, it, it's it's commendable that um, those those are the people that uh, that you that you want to work with every day. So, you know, all in all, I'm very very thankful to them for our 
virtual personal training clients. Uh, they did very well with, with me, Absent, as well on um, staying diligent to their programs. And, you know, overall, what's, what is our virtual personal training? You know, our virtual personal training really um, is, is about um, uh, personal training in a way. But it's, it's more than personal training. I, I like to call it um, a, a wellness coach. And with, with our program, we provide all of your workouts based on your fitness level, your goals. We provide 4% club meetings, which are all about self-improvement and mindfulness in your wellness. Uh, we have Zoom follow-ups for you that, that are every other week and one-on-one um, -on -one sessions. So it's, it's a great way to have a personal wellness coach without spending $150 per session. And we call it virtual because um, some of this uh, can be provided in your home and some can be provided uh, as, as far as in our facility. Um, or it can be provided uh, while you're on vacation. So, you know, what we found over the years with, with providing uh, personal training and fitness programs is, is um, compliance wanes based on your lifestyle. And it's best to have a fitness coach that will work with you that allows you to um, hit your, your personal goals from fitness level, but also mental, emotional, um, the counseling overall, and, and really helps you in, in a social way meet all of the goals that you have for your own self. So it's it's been a, a, a foundational program for us that, is, that has been absolutely uh, transformational in what we do in our clinic. So all of my virtual personal training clients out there, thank you. You did awesome. So today, uh, with our discussion, we're, we're looking at uh, total knee replacements, specifically total knee replacements. And uh, why, why are these so challenging? What, what is the challenge with a total knee replacement? Why, what is the struggle? And when we're looking at our uh, total knee replacements, you know, we, we discuss our process and um, as far as the, the, the structure of it. You know, we can describe the, the procedure. We can describe how the joint is cut and, and is replaced. And we can contrast this to a, a total hip replacement. Um, but all in all, it, it's not always about the procedure. It's really about what happens after the procedure and, and what you're getting into. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I had a client when I first was working in Colville about uh, 12, 13 years ago that um, came to me. She's in her 70s, um, was very well taken care of. And um, she came in and had a difficult time really pushing herself with her with her range of motion after about the third visit. I, I discussed with her again the importance of doing um, her knee range of motion stretching. And with her knee range of motion stretching, she uh, was reluctant to really push. And she asked me, she said, why does my knee hurt so much? Why does it hurt so badly? And I said, well, it's because of the procedure that they did. You know, they had to cut off each end of the bone and they put um, a metal prosthesis on each side. And she looked at me with her eyes big and went, oh, 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 what? They, I have metal in my body? I looked her confused. I thought she was joking. And I went, yeah, yeah, you, you had a total knee replacement. She's like, well, what what exactly is a total knee replacement? I said, really? It's where they they cut out your knee and they, they put an artificial one in there. And she went, they did that? They did what? And I said, wait a minute. You had a total knee replacement but never knew what a total knee replacement was? She said, well, I didn't know they were going to do all that. So... <laughs> You know, at, at that point, I realized, wow, at times there's a disconnect even with people understanding what uh, the procedure that they're going to have done 
and um, the necessary amount of energy it takes after your your uh, procedure as well. You know, a lot a lot of times it takes a lot of pain um, to and early on with your knee replacement, and especially after that nerve block wears off, it usually takes about a day, you know, eight to eight to twenty four hours, and that nerve block wears off, and then the pain really comes on and and you know it's critical that we get your motion early on because if we don't if we lose more than five degrees of of extension or straightening of your knee then you start to walk funny and when you start to walk funny it becomes inefficient and when it becomes inefficient you fatigue really easy and over time it becomes painful so i'll have people that never achieve their full range of motion to their knee that two years later will come to me and say, hey, my knee's still hurting from my knee replacement. And we'll look and see that they still don't have the proper range of motion to their joint. And that truly affects their, their long-term success is based on that range of motion. So again, the, again, the first six weeks, it's critical that we achieve full, full range of motion overall. So the key um, to getting your motion overall and, and the I mean, the key to your, your rehab is getting your range of motion overall and keeping your pain and irritation really low. So, you know, before we kind of get into the, the knee replacement itself, let's let's kind of dig a little deeper on the four reasons why you won't receive a total knee replacement. And there's three reasons that you really should. So let's let's kind of touch on these. There's four reasons you won't receive a total knee replacement. And there's three reasons that you should. Okay, so when we're looking at a total knee replacement, you know it's it's usually because people have pain. So let's let's go back to um, you know my dad overall. Um, you know my dad uh, is a great guy and he is um, phenomenal in everything that he does um, around my clinic, my home, and in our lives. And he's one of these guys that likes to stay busy all the time. But there came a point where he was not able to um, start doing the activity that he he needed to. And part of it was that he started to have um, what he described as back pain. And through evaluation, we really found that it was hip pain. And this hip pain um, slowly started to increase in time and becoming more limiting. And you saw that not so much physically at first it was more in activity and we'd say hey dad we're going to walmart you want to come with us and normally he'd come every time or or hey we're going to this wedding dad why don't you come with us and he started saying no and we could never figure out why he was saying no and part of that is is because of the pain that he was starting to get in the hip and the more that he used it the more pain would would become a problem and it finally took for him to have um, a considerable decrease in activity pain and also it just got to a point where he couldn't hardly walk and stand up straight. I had people asking me constantly, hey, is your dad okay? What's going on with him? And people would have to help him out of a low car or or on a low seat would have to help him up. And it took finally um, to that extent for him to to finally go through with it and have a a hip replacement. But it really took that that lack of um, social interaction as well. So pain um, is, is, as my dad used to say, is, is the great equalizer, meaning that no matter how hard you want to try, no matter how much effort you want to put into something, pain could prevent you from being your best self. So no matter who you are, pain um, will make you incomplete or a weakened shell of yourself. So my dad was right. You know, pain prevents us 
from completing most of our tasks in our everyday lives and, and continued pain throughout the day due to an eroded joint will prevent us from being fully active and fully functional and participating in normal social activities. So there's, you know, one of the reasons that um, we will not get uh, a total joint replacement is because of pain. And sometimes we don't feel that our pain's enough. We feel that it should be more. And so we, we prevent ourselves from, from, from doing that. But pain is one reason why we need a joint replacement. That's one of the primary reasons that people receive a joint replacement. Number two reason, loss of mobility. And, and once the joint, whether it's a hip or the knee, starts to lose full mobility, the body has to compensate. And your body will not be able to take as big of a stride or a complete full range of motion with walking or perform a full squat. So this lack of mobility prevents us from achieving full function in our normal daily activities and, and prevents us from really walking efficiently. So that loss of mobility is another reason that you will need a joint replacement, particularly today, a, a knee replacement. The third reason you're going to need a joint replacement, fatigue. Once the body becomes less efficient due to pain or loss of mobility, uh, fatigue is usually the result. So premature fatigue is noted with, with pain or loss of function because the body must work harder to travel the same distance. So with each step, the body becomes more fatigued. It, it works harder to prevent, um, to, to perform that required task. So this fatigue makes us more tired by the end of the day and, and really prevents us from being fully active in social or home activities. So like my dad, you know, by the end of the day, if we asked him to go to Walmart or um, any of these social engagements, it was a no because the body had to work so much harder. He was fatigued. So fatigue is another reason that you, you truly need to get a, a joint replacement. And the, and the fourth primary reason is loss of life. And, and just like the example of my dad earlier, when, when people have an increase in fatigue and this loss of mobility and pain, they, they just tend to do fewer activities. And this, this is widespread. doesn't matter who you are. Every time we're invited to do a task, we start thinking about the energy it is required to perform that job. And this truly prevents us from, from participating, participating in regular social activities. And these are things that we typically would enjoy and in, in the end, because of the pain, the lack of mobility, the fatigue, we live a less complete life. We stop doing the things that we enjoy. So when, when you start getting to that point, that's your sign. That's your sign that, that a joint replacement is, is needed. But here's the thing. There's three main reasons why you won't receive a total joint replacement. You just won't. So number one, fear. One of the reasons people resist receiving a joint replacement is, is solely due to fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of the outcome, or, or some of the normal reasons. People are not always aware of, of how this will resolve, how their, their, their joint will do after a surgery. There's not a, a terminal end to it. There's not a known. So due to this not being um, like a, a, a terminal disease. They can live without a joint replacement. It's truly considered an elective procedure. So without this being terminal, the, the situation doesn't seem to be urgent. And without that sense of urgency, we tend to make a very slow decision, a very guarded decision. And anytime we start to hesitate, we tend to do nothing. And a lot of it is because of that fear, that, that fear of pain, fear of the unknown, and the fear of the recovery of, of 
is kind of why we, we are hesitant to receive that joint replacement in the first place. So number one, the reason you won't receive a total joint replacement is fear. Number two, indecision. And once people get hesitant to the fear, they tend to be indecisive. When we're not sure of the outcome or, or, or what the process will be or, or, um, you know, or what the rehab will look like, we tend not to make any decision. Indecision usually leads to no decision. And there's a, lots of reasons why we hesitate because there's a whole bunch of unknowns. You know, for example, we, who's going to do your surgery? What's the surgery going to look like? Look like? What's the outcome? What will the recovery time be? All these questions tend to lead to indecision. And any time a person is indecisive, yep, we tend to do nothing. People will tend to choose something uncomfortable because it is known. So living with chronic knee pain. Then choose an unknown path, such as a knee replacement. Not until the pain becomes unbearable to the point where they can't live their life fully. They can't live it functionally. They're, they're absolutely unable to perform just basic daily tasks. At this point, the decision's made for them. They can no longer wait. And now it's urgent. I have to have it done now. I have to hurry up and get it done. So indecision, the number two reason why people tend to not get a joint replacement. And number three is time. So many times people just hesitate to decide because they feel that the joint might get better on its own. Well, if I wait just a couple more days or a couple more months and I rest it a little bit longer, if I don't do as much activity, it, it just might get better on its own. So we tend to be overly optimistic and, and feel that our pain is improving when in actuality, it's not. The, the, the denial that we have, um, the, the denial that the time, that time overall will eventually heal this injury really prevents people from receiving the care that they deserve. And truly living their best entire life without, you know, limitations. And that's, that's typically what we see with, you know, individuals on why they don't receive a joint replacement, even though they need to. So, you know, all in all, um, you know, with that, I, I see that often. I see it in the prehab from people on, on why um, they're hesitant and they try and really work through not having to have the procedure for those reasons. But, but usually after they have the procedure, just like my dad, they say, why did I wait so long? I mean, my dad flat told me after his rehab said, I feel 10 years younger. And he actually went back to work. He had retired once he had his surgery. And, and eight weeks later, when he, when he was feeling awesome, he felt 10, 10 years younger, he called his employer back and said, okay, I'm ready to return to work. And they're like, but you're retired. Nope, I'm unretiring. <laughs> But I hear that from people all the time. I wish I would have done it sooner. That's the only regret that they have is I wish I would have done it sooner. But overall, uh, this is a very big decision. So, you know, it's it's important that um, overall that we that that we get it right for them and that they do it when they're ready. So, you know, let's let's look at a couple ways that if you say yes. Um, I'm ready for my surgery. What, what are the, the four ways that are best to, rep, to prepare for that joint replacement? So let's think about the four best ways to prepare for that joint replacement. Okay, so you've already made this decision. Yes, I'm going to get it. You have a surgical date ready. This is when it is. Okay, let's attack it. Let's go. Now I'm ready. What's the best way to recover? So the first way to prepare for your joint replacement, let's say a knee replacement, is one, stay flexible. 
So for a lot of indiv individuals, they feel that they only need to show up for that day of surgery and, and they're going to have success. But this isn't always the case. To prepare for that knee replacement, you need to maximize the mobility to the joint and the surrounding structures even before your surgery. That lack of mobility to the surrounding structures will, will remain after your surgery and can limit a successful rehab. So continue to stay mobile, continue to stay flexible to that joint. Number two, strength train. Staying fit and active before your surgery will allow these gains to assist the body after surgery. And this is important because um, a lot of people will stop doing activity because of pain. And that's right, there's a difference between exercising and doing specific exercises. And what we're looking for you to do is to do specific exercises that are pain minimized that will help you in the long run after your surgery. You know, adding strength training to your body months before surgery, surgery will only allow you the best opportunity to have a full efficient recovery. So number two, strength train. Number three, prepare your home. It's best that when you prepare your home that um, for any joint replacement, particularly a knee replacement, that you're already versed on how to use a walker or a wheelchair for mobility and how to move within your home. Make sure it's fit to you properly, that um, you have removed any rugs and furniture that could be a tripping hazard in your home, that you're, you know how to use stairs if needed to go up and down with either a walker or a handrail. Also, what if you need a commode? Do you need a commode to, to help get on and off the toilet because your toilet's too low? So these are all things that um, you don't want to wait till the day of your surgery that you arrive at home that people are left scrambling to arrange these. And I know it happens because they all call my office. Hey, do you have a commode? Do you have a commode or do you have a walker? Do you have crutches? Do you have this or that? So prepare your home before you come. And part of that preparation is number four, have a caregiver or family member help you. So having a family member, friend, caregiver available for the first few weeks is vital to a good recovery. Pain, medication, lack of mobility will, will just lead to unsafe conditions at home. So a family member available to consistently the first few weeks be there is essential to assist with any sensitive time concerns. So it, it's best that they're there to be your best advocate. I mean, to be your best advocate, that's, that's why they're there. So um, again, that's, those are four more ways that um, can help prepare you for that big decision overall. So the last little component of this, this total knee is to kind of make it full circle is what to expect in your, um, in your overall uh, first, few, first few weeks of surgery. Now, usually when I see patients after their total knee replacement, it's within one, two, three, four days after their surgery that they've been released from their hospital. And I give everybody a standard sheet that talks about the importance of mobility to the joint. Okay. In the first six weeks, there are certain goals that we want. We want to achieve zero to 125 degrees of knee range of motion. That's in the knee all the way straight to bent to about 125 degrees. This will allow you to meet all of your needs that you have from riding a bike to squatting low, going up and down stairs, sitting and standing. You'll meet everything to have that motion. Number two, we want to control your pain. We want to make sure that your pain is under control because if your pain's not under control, you're not going to be able to push your range of motion that, the way that you need to. Number three, we want you to get back to a regular caloric diet and increase proteins a little bit if needed. 
Protein is important because your body's been broken down a lot. It's the surgery that's, that, that has been done has caused a lot of damage to the body, and you're going to need protein to help build that back up. So if your stomach's able to tolerate it, then do. And then also, unless you're queasy, try and get back to a regular, regular caloric diet. Those calories are definitely needed to help with, with all the repair and, and, and the healing that you're doing. And the fourth one is sleep. You know, some people get particular about how you sleep. You got to have a pillow under your heel. You got to keep your knees straight. You got to do all these restrictions. But you know what the reality is? If you don't get sleep, life sucks. It sucks. Now, you're already in pain. It already hurts. It already is miserable. And on top of it, make it so you only get two hours of decent sleep a night. Ooh, recipe for disaster. Disaster. So I tell people, sleep however you want. If you're doing what you should for 16 hours a day and you sleep eight hours, we're going to get there with your motion. It's going to happen. So that's that's the critical component is those four key areas. Now, I'd say out of all those, the biggest one is your motion. We've got to get your motion. The first six weeks is critical. After six weeks, I found that if you don't have 100 or 0 to 125 degrees, it's really hard to keep pushing after that mentally, but also the joint just starts to tighten up a lot. And if you don't achieve full range of motion, like I mentioned earlier, it makes it extremely fatigued, extremely fatigued. So all in all, um, those are your, your main um, core criteria for a total knee replacement and joint replacement overall. You know, from looking at the four reasons why um, you, you need a joint replacement, a knee replacement, three reasons why you won't do it, and... Um, you know, how to prepare yourself for a knee replacement. And then overall, what the first six weeks looks like. That's a, that's a really good picture for you overall from those. So f- switching gears from our, our total knee replacement um, to some of the clinic updates that I have. And this we're just going to touch on real quick before we move to our interview with our guest of the day, our guest of the hour, Lana Hughes. And relating to total knees and her experience, we want to touch on a little bit about our uh, decompression table. And a decompression table is um, something that we have in our clinic that really helps um, with individuals with neck or back pain. So if you're an individual that, that has neck or back pain, this is something that we can, we can, we can help um, from this device. This device allows us to put you in a position of comfort. We can move it up and down. We can tilt it. We can position you on your stomach or on your back. And um, it allows us to change the heights, but also um, the table separates. So this is a way that we can provide tension to the back and decompress any structures in the spine to the neck or the back overall. So, you know, who's best for this? Who's best for for the decompression table? So this is for the person with sciatic pain, so with back pain, that has, you know, either herniated disc or sciatic head that's down the leg, that you've got numbness and tingling down the leg, and they're having difficulty sitting, they can't sit for long periods, um, they, they can't stand, they can't drive very long, they're consistently getting numbness and tingling down the legs, uh, it, it's burning with activity, they can't stand up all the way straight, that, that's who this person's for. It's also for the person with neck pain that has similar symptoms, that shooting pain down, down into the hands or the arms. Um, they're getting pain that radiates uh, either numbness and tingling or pain down into their, their shoulders, elbows, hands. This, this is... Uh, tremendous for those type of individuals. And, and uh, why does it work? How does it work? 
you know, this, this is where we're able to place you in a position of comfort and provide light to medium intermittent decompression. So we customize this treatment for you based on your examination, the diagnosis that you have, and we customize it based on the on and off cycles, the position that we put you on the table, as well as the amount of tension that we put on, on our treatment. And overall, this has been amazing for, for our uh, severe patients. And it's very nice to have a tool that we can help people that are in severe pain that can't function, they can't do the things that they need, and um, th th that's quite complicated, and we can give them relief. I mean, it's an absolute game changer in our office to be able to help people like that. And, and one example overall is, is an individual um, by the name of Josh. And Josh, the, eventually I'll have him on the show with an interview, but he's an individual that had uh, pain down both arms, liked to work out, liked to lift, couldn't lift anymore, couldn't do the things that he needed to in his normal days, was pretty much miserable and almost bedridden. And now he's, he's back. He's pain-free. He's able to live his life fully. He's able to return to a fitness program and he's back to work without restrictions, without having to have medications or, or any type of other supplements. So as far as the decompression, um, just a quick clinic update on um, what that is and we'll have further uh, discussion on that in the future. But that was just a quick, quick little note. Uh, last little, little uh, switch and switching gears one more time to some of the world events. And one in, in particular, I like to add in any type of ath athletic injuries that have occurred recently. And one is related to Chris Paul with the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are playing in the NBA championship first time in, since, I think, 1993 with Charles Barkley. And Chris Paul went up for a jump shot, and the individual, um, Lopez, stuck, was trying to defend, and his foot got underneath Chris Paul, and he came right down onto the, onto the player's um, ankle. And that rolled his ankle and created a, an injury. You know, um, you know this. This this will correlate uh, with with a newspaper article that I'm writing about ankle sprains in the uh, subsequent um, statement examiner coming out in a bit. But overall, um, you know this this ankle sprain injury. He's he's trying to work through. He's still playing well, but um, it's it can be quite limiting to to athletes overall. So stay tuned in the in the statesman examiner in the next couple of weeks. You're going to see my article related to ankle sprains and how to how to treat um, recurrent ankle sprains. But overall, looks like the Suns are the team to beat. They're up 2-0 right now. Looks like uh, Devin Booker is an absolute beast that's coming into his own, as well as uh, Chris Paul, um, the the veteran, is might get an NBA championship overall. So, you know. All in all, uh, you know, there's always injuries out there. I like to, to dovetail what we're doing in the clinic in here with some of the ones that we see that become popular um, in, in pop culture or in current uh, athletic events. So all in all, we have in our next segment coming up, we have the much anticipated interview, the woman of the hour, a person that is actually dear to our heart here in, at Sumner Specialized Physical Therapy due to her personality, hardworking ability, and just overall um, warmth that she brings to all of us. So upcoming next in our next segment is Lana Hughes to discuss total knee replacements, her experience, past, present, and future. So stay tuned.
All right, team, I'd like to now switch gears a bit and the much anticipated arrival of Lana Hughes for our interview for today related to our total knee replacements. Now, Lana our, is our next guest. She's one of our, our most favorite patients that we've had in the clinic. And she's extremely hardworking, and she was has always looked to maximize her wellness overall. So um, she's actually accompanied here with her husband, Bill. And both of them are, are some of the owners of a local business in Colville called uh, Hughes Marine, which is a fishing boat manufacturer. Um, Lana also it was the former senior center president of the local Colville Hub. So right now, I'd like to go ahead and welcome in Lana Hughes to the show. Welcome. Thank you, sir, for having me. Hey, you betcha. No, I've, I've been anticipating this for quite a while of having you in. I've even talked about before when I was going to be doing a podcast that um, you're going to be one of my special guests. So I'm, I'm very thankful at this point that uh, you were able to come in today, take some of your time and, and kind of give back. And that's the whole purpose of our interview process at this point with um with our podcast is really to kind of dig deeper and behind the scenes and some of the more common rehabs that we see. So why did I bring you on today? Well, uh, one, you're a great spirit. <laughs> Thank you. And in the, in the past year, um, you've had a total knee arthroplasty or total, total knee replacement. And today I wanted to really just pick your brain to give our listeners kind of a different perspective of a total knee uh, replacement. Now, any person who's looking to possibly get a total knee replacement, they can, they can go to YouTube. They can um, s search total knee replacement. They can even watch the surgery themselves or they can read about it. And, and from that, um, they're going to get a picture of what a total knee replacement surgery and rehab looks like. But on this show, we want to dig deeper and we want to meet people who actually experience this. And so what we're, we're really looking for today is your experience, your thoughts, feelings that made the biggest difference um, to yourself, but also will help future listeners in, in their decision whether a total knee replacement is, is right for them. But also when they say, yes, it is right for me, it helps set their expectations. So overall, again, thank you for being here today. And, um, you know, in, in my experience of, of, of watching you in your development from before surgery to even after, I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to dig a little deeper and see um, your thoughts on the whole process overall. Wonderful. I look forward to it. <laughs> so today, um, I discussed many times that, that many people wait to have their knee replaced. And they, they do this for different reasons. And there's always... Um, uh, it could be fear, it could be, uh, you know, and I discussed already on today's episode of the show some of the many reasons why people wait to have a total, re total knee replacement. And for each person, it's individual. But for each person, there is that defining moment when they decided that they need to have a total knee replacement, that, that you know, they're going to have to go through and, and do it. Do you feel that you waited too long for your knee replacement and... What was your defining moment that kind of changed where you said, yep, I need to go ahead and do this? Yes, I did wait too long. Um, I had, oh, it had been over a year that doctors had said I needed both knees replaced. I put it off because my husband is not well and I wanted to be able to take care of him. But when the right knee locked up and I was unable to walk properly mm -hmm. and was in tremendous pain, 
I found out that I was less able to take care of my husband and uh, life was not enjoyable anymore. Um, Lack of sleep. um, There was a lot of tearful days that I was just like, okay, I'm done. I'm ready for this. Um, It's kind of sad that as humans, we have to get to that point before we're willing to make a change. Right. But um, I must say it was the best decision we ever made. (laughs) Well, and you're right. Um, You know, what I hear from you say is I've heard uh, for years and years from from all the years I've done physical therapy is um, people will find reasons not to do it, not to whether it be uh, a total knee replacement or other ailments that they're that, you know, it's it's a benign thing that's not forced on them yet. To, to make that choice. And some of that example is, well, I, I do caregiving. And if I, um, you know, if I do this surgery, then I can't caregive the way that I need to. And at times I have to let people know that you actually can't afford not to. I, I agree with that. Because I, if, if you yes. go down and, and you have an even greater issue yes. and this knee now turns into a back problem as well, now who's going to help with the caregiving? Now it's really, now it's dire. Now now you need the caregiving. I'd been told that before and everything, but until it happened to me, mm-hmm. I did not realize how truthful that was. Yeah. And it was a scary moment realizing that um, if I can't get this fixed, I cannot take care of my husband, mm-hmm. then what? Right. Yeah. So, um I'm glad you took that step. You know, sometimes it's we either make it ourselves or it's forced upon us. <laughs> so so um, we, we're here and you're on the other side of it. So that's good. Um, I have had um, one example of a woman in my clinic before that came to rehab and had no clue what procedure was even performed. So she had a total knee replacement. She came into the clinic. I was starting to go through my, my very beginning stuff that I do with her with any total knee replacement. And while we're going through this, she's talking about how bad her knee hurts. And finally, after the second appointment, I'm talking about, hey, you're not moving your knee enough. And she's saying, well, it really hurts. And I said, well, that's, that's to be expected with a total knee replacement, especially this early on. And she goes, well, what exactly is a total knee replacement? <laughs> and and, and I, almost, I almost chuckled, but it was kind of serious where I'm going, wait a minute. And I even asked her, I said, you had a total knee replacement. You didn't know what the procedure entailed. And she goes, no. So I told her, I told her about how, you know, how they had to cut off both sides of the bone and they put a prosthesis in there. And she went, I have metal in my body. Oh, dear. <laughs> and right then I went, oh, man. So let's let's go back to your first preoperative visit with your surgeon. What was that like? And did you have any questions regarding this procedure and what to expect? Uh, yes. Um, our local orthopedics could not take care of my case because I have allergies to antibiotics and pain medications. Mm-hmm. So it was very complicated. Uh, the orthopedist in Spokane, um, not near as friendly, but he was m- very matter of fact about things. Um, my questions dealt more with pain management afterwards. I've had enough broken bones to know that when you cut bones, break them, um, they hurt differently than muscle pain and um he had a plan it sounded like it was going to work um i also did research online i read everything i could about the surgery um we have two friends that have recently had knee replacements so i questioned them 
tremendously. I got lots of information like on the aftercare and stuff like that from them. I tried to watch the video on YouTube about the knee replacement, <laughs> but I'm squeamish. Yeah. That, uh, you watch one of those, it makes you rethink even having the procedure. Well, I'm the kind of person that I need to be able to visualize what's going to happen before I go under so that I still feel like I'm in control. Mm -hmm. um, me and anesthesia don't get along well, oh. but knowing, you know, kind of prepping myself ahead of time so that I am aware, okay, when I come out, this is what's been done. There's no weird um, not understanding. You know, if I got a pain, oh, that's probably because of where they cut the bone or that's probably the stitches and things mm -hmm. like that. Well, uh, you know, a lot of times with those, those prehab visits that you've had with your surgeon, they do a much better job now as far as explaining. They even have, yes. sometimes they have classes set up to give you an example of what to expect, but also um, some ways to, to be ready after your procedure as well. So, so I'd have to say, you know, the individual I was talking about at the beginning of this question was, was about 12 years ago. So wow. there's been some advances since then. So let's go back to your surgery and, and particularly the morning of. And what were your thoughts at that moment? What, what, were your, what were you most worried about? And what was your first thought when you woke up out of surgery? Uh, going into surgery, unfortunately, my, my thoughts was about my husband. Um, the, because of the COVID situation, he wasn't allowed in the room. The, I had to make sure somebody was with him. Um, maybe that was deflecting. I don't know, um, but that was my concern. Um, I just wanted the pain to stop. My my knee was locked up. Oh. I could, and it was a weird pain. And because of my pain medication problem, I had nothing beyond ibuprofen. And so I was kind of looking forward to the no pain situation and being able to walk again. Uh, when I came out of surgery, um, in the recovery room, there was pain but it was a different kind of pain than what I'd experienced before. Um, took us a little while to get that under control because we had to use alternate, we couldn't use the normal pain medications. Um, once I got to the room though, and we got the shakes under control, walked up and down the hallway, which I couldn't believe we could walk mm -hmm. right after surgery. Did you have a spinal block? Yes, yes. Got it. And uh, it wore off. Let's see, we left the hospital at 5, and about 2 o'clock the next morning it wore off. And uh, which is not, yeah. yeah. Um, and again, it just was a different kind of pain than what I'd been handling before. And I knew, I, I knew in my mind this is just part of the process. It's gonna, it will end, whereas the pain before until they told me we were going to have surgery, I didn't think it was ever going to end. I mean, for three months. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and and uh, I hear that a lot with, um, you know, coming right out of surgery. You know, you still have that spinal block and you can't feel all of the pain right. at that point. Right. And yes, you get up moving, you're walking, you're thinking, hey, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm doing great. This isn't too bad. And then that spinal block wears off and it's usually the next day. Yes. And it's like wowzers. Yes. What what was the difference in pain intensity from the day of than the day the preceding day or the day after? 
Intensity may have been about the same. It was just a different kind of pain now. Mm -hmm. um, it was... Um, I don't know. I've had to deal with pain a lot in my life. So you, I had, I knew that this is going to end. This is going to end. So you can kind of mentally tell yourself you're going to get through this. Um, icing helped. Um, but you just got to get through it. Sure. So when people have a total knee replacement, uh, it, it's best to have the house prepared ahead of time. Yes. <laughs> you know, for, for example, you need to remove rugs, um, be trained on the stairs, um, how to use a walker, um, have a caregiver set up at times. Yes. Did you do anything to prepare for after you returned from the hospital yes. from your surgery? Yes. Um, we moved some things in the bedroom so there's room to get the walker in and out of the bed. Um, my husband and I actually changed sides of the bed so that I had easier access uh, with the walker and the, the leg was not on the outside of the bed it was towards the end more room for pillows and all that mm -hmm. uh, we did have a caregiver come in um, to help us prepare meals and bathing and, and all like that because for a couple of days it's it's awkward mm -hmm. um, we move the living room around where there's more room before between the furniture and stuff but that was about it so move forward to that first night so you're home for the first time you're in your own bed did you sleep well what no. was that like no i did not sleep well again um, pain is an issue um i cannot take regular pain medications so uh got into bed got the knee as stabilized as possible um uh, the ice machine really really helps yeah um but there are certain kinds of pain that the ice machine doesn't always address and so um there's some long nights a couple of long nights there yeah i hear that quite a bit with um that ice machine the circulating circulating ice machine gives a little bit of compression at times too and I, I i have heard that time and time again that that's usually the lifesaver that really helps so for individuals that are that are fresh with a total knee replacement using that ice machine yes. that that a lot of times is provided by from um, the hospital yeah. after your surgery has has been a game changer for people I as well i also had the machine that would bend the knee mm -hmm. and it sounds weird that at first it would hurt a little bit or hurt as it was moving but something about that constant motion kind of eased things off as well and I found that by the end of the I can't remember what the time period was they had me using it but by the end I had been able to take it all the way from 1 to 20 and mm -hmm. it, uh, there were some nights that that really kind of eased off things Mm -hmm. Not sure yeah. why. So that CPM, that continuous passive movement machine, you know, some surgeons will, will use it, some won't. Um, and it, it won't really dictate um, who in the end has a great outcome and who doesn't. But it, I have noticed that um, not for gaining motion, it's great for creating more fluid motion, especially early on. Yeah. And to be able to sit in that machine and just kind of take a nap or doze off and just let it move your knee, it just creates more fluid motion. Um, and so for people that do get a continued passive move, movement machine, I, 
I encourage them to use it often to keep that knee fluid so it doesn't stiffen up on themselves. Um, as you found out later on, it really takes the effort of you doing the stretches yes. to gain the motion that you need. And we'll get into that in a minute. But um, since you mentioned that continuous passive movement machine, yes, um, some surgeons require it, some do not. So let's move to your rehab. Okay. okay. And what was your initial thought when you first started rehab? So you're thinking of that first appointment, you know, um, I'm telling you, you got to move your knee and you got to do these stretches and that, um, you know, your, your range of motion is critical. And if we don't get on it now, you only got about six weeks to really gain that motion. And, and um, you know, what, what was your initial thoughts when you first started that first phase of rehab? Again, um, I had done the research, and I have two friends that had done it, so they were telling me, um, one of my friends actually brought me a chair that would be appropriate to do the stretch in, and um, I was dedicated. I wanted to be able to walk. I wanted to do this again, I'd be have my life back, and so stretch we did. Yeah. No, you, you did really well with that, and that's always a challenging part for people because they don't always realize the importance of that um, that range of motion. Earlier on in this podcast, I talked about the importance of that motion. I talked about um, why we need to get it within the first six weeks. But not everybody um, gets the the outcome that they want from a total knee replacement. A lot of times it is related to that, that first six weeks in that range of motion. So good on you of applying yourself and putting the time and the effort into get, getting that full motion right away. So when you're looking at um, progressing in your rehab, what was the moment that, that you realized, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to be okay? And I'll give you an example that, um, you know, I, everybody has that little, that time where you realized, hey, I went from pain, 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 and then all of a sudden things are dissipating. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Did you have that moment? I did. It was about five weeks out. And um, I had been to PT here, and um, we had worked it pretty hard. Um, and I was doing something at home, and suddenly I realized, I can do this again. Mm-hmm. And I don't hurt. You know, it was empowering. Yeah. You know, it made me feel like, okay. We can do this. I'm done. We're going to get through this and all. Sure. You know, and, and there's a lot of times uh, I call it that breakthrough moment. Yes. And, you know, I, I did an interview with, with Ollie Benson a couple of weeks ago. And Ollie was was an individual that had um, his his quad tendon pinned back down onto the bone. He had an avulsion mm-hmm. fracture. And, and what he talked about was um, there was that one moment where he had a breakthrough and realized he's progressing was when he was, I would have him walk on the elevated treadmill and the treadmill would be uphill. Well, he would have the hardest time because he thought it would be very easy and he couldn't go more than five minutes at a time. And I wanted him to go 10 minutes, but he couldn't go more than five. And it frustrated and frustrated him. And the first time that he went 10 minutes and went, oh, I can, I can actually go more. That was the moment for him, that breakthrough moment where he went, oh, I'm making, I'm making considerable gains. Did you have a specific breakthrough moment where you went, aha, I can now do this. Um, you have a balance machine in there, mm-hmm. and I hate that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but You're there was alone. a moment <laughs> when suddenly I wasn't working mm-hmm. so terribly hard to stay on it and do right. what needed to be done. And I was like, oh, I've done it. Yay! <laughs> 
you know, yeah. it was a wonderful time because like you said, it's that breakthrough mm-hmm. moment and you suddenly realize, yes, um, being able to walk and that was almost immediately, you know, um, I had spent almost four months kind of in a crippled up walk beforehand and being able to stand up straight and walk mm-hmm. was a gift. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, those those breakthrough moments are fun for us, too, as as providers. Okay. You know, it's it's nice to to work with somebody, you know, intimately where we get to know you and, and we get a, to your goals and your struggles or our struggles and goals as well. And to see you have those breakthrough moments where it makes an impact in your life. Love it. That's that's what makes the job so satisfying. So, yeah. So thanks for sharing that. And two, um, a lot of people hate the the, the <laughs> Bidex <laughs> balance machine, you know, um, but it's a great machine that Bidex balance system allows us to really stress people, as you know, in a safe yes. environment and keep pushing their balance from post rehab, post surgical or for balance disorders overall. So, yeah, um, it, it's a shared uh, love hate yes. for people with that, <laughs> that balance machine. So. When you're looking at your your physical therapy overall, and you look at the big picture of um, from beginning to end, what was your biggest challenge in your physical therapy overall? Um, bending the knee, mm-hmm. um, and probably the balance. I um, bending the knee. You know, nobody likes pain. Nobody mm-hmm. likes that feeling. Um, but knowing that without that, I was not going to get my life back, Yeah, you know, so it was important. Um, and balance, I thought I was doing okay till I got that machine <laughs> <laughs> and it taught me that, no, I'm not okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I find myself now even thinking, um, almost tripped out in the yard the other day oh. and I was like, okay, back to the balance machine. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, progressing, uh, let, let's progress a little deeper in your rehab. Okay. Okay. So you went um, from that initial stages to where you're working on just mainly knee range of motion and now you're into building strength. So you're past the, the motion phase um, and you're, you're more into that um, building uh, strength phase that we're really trying to build up quad strength and lower leg strength. What was the biggest challenge during that strength phase? Was there was there different exercises that were challenging? Was there different movements that were challenging? What what was kind of the biggest challenge during that strength phase? During the strength phase was um, I don't know what you call it. There's a machine that you lay back and then you press the leg press. The knee press? Leg press. Leg press. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. It looks simple enough, but you get up there, and I don't know if it's the change with gravity or mm-hmm. what, um, but it was hard. But again, that was uh, that was another one. You know, after I don't know how many times I did it, and it was like, oh, this isn't so hard anymore. Right. You know, my thighs weren't burning, and, and you know, I wasn't winded, and I was like, okay. Maybe we need to step it up a little bit. Sure. <laughs> you, know? you know, and that leg press is great because a lot of times with, you know, squats or sit to stands or lunges, you can compensate with your, mm-hmm. your uninvolved leg and you can, you can not put all of the pressure you need to. With the leg press, we can truly isolate to one leg yes. and we can make you use that leg through the full motion by sitting the, the press even lower. So it's a great tool to use, especially for just building strength to the leg. So yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that. So what is one area, looking back on your total knee replacement overall, 
that you'd like to tell people who are listening to help them learn from your experience? So what, what kind of knowledge can you pass to them that will aid to their experience? Don't put it off. And once you have a date, you make sure that you have caregiver there. You have done whatever you need to do, whether it's research, prayer, whatever, to be at ease. Because the calmer, more uh, prepared you are going into surgery, you come out with a better mindset. It's easier to deal with things. Mm-hmm. Um, and just look at it as a time to do different things. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a kind of person that have to stay busy, busy, busy. Well, when you're healing, you can't do that. So I had to change what kind of busy I was doing. And they need to have that prepared. You know, um, have your computer ready. Have your books ready. Um, puzzles. Whatever it is that you need to do so that your mind stays busy, but your body can heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's critical. I'm glad that you brought that in because... Um, you know, we, we set up our lives full of kind of routines, and those routines help us mentally for one kind of um, know what to expect from day to day. We get comfortable with our routines, mm-hmm. but the routines also give us efficiency because then we can get more done throughout the day because we know at what time we should be doing things. So, you know, all of a sudden you have gone from a simple routine that you know well to now it's all thrown out the window. And it's really hard for people mentally to be in it at that moment. And one of the things that I that I talk to people about is that I don't want early on in your rehab to be doing a bunch of walking around. I don't want you to go to Walmart. I don't want you to go get groceries. I don't want you to walk down to the mailbox. I want you only to do walking in your house, just regular household ambulation. And the reason is, is early on, the, everything needs to be focused on getting your range of motion to your knee. And if you're doing all this extra walking, it's going to irritate the knee to make it harder to push your range of motion. So um, with that, it requires people to be sitting more and to not be as active and not to be doing stuff. So for people like yourself that are that are looking to always go, 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 this is a time to, to do other things. Yes. Reading books, crossword puzzles, um, reconnecting with your, your spouse. <laughs> Yes. Other things that um, talking on the phone, reconnecting with old friends, because uh, it, it requires a lot of energy early on in that rehab to gain your range of motion. So I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. So going from your rehab, you've now you've moved on from your rehab. You've been discharged from physical therapy. And, and a lot of times when we, we discharge um, from physical therapy, we're not always able to get you fully back to being your true self. And the reason is, is because in order for that to happen, it would take about a year or two. And uh, a total knee replacement overall, the success that you have from it is based on the strength that you gain to that leg. One, five, ten year follow-ups will dictate based on how much strength you initially gain. So your success rate for those following years will be based on that. So you're, you're an individual that's very diligent. You're a diligent worker. Um, you want to make the most of your total knee re- replacement, but also your own health. So you're an individual that uh, signed up for our virtual personal training program. And, and I touched on our virtual personal training program early on in the podcast. And um, f- for those coming in late, <clears throat> excuse me, coming in late, you know, this is really a, um, in a nutshell way of, of saying it's personal training 
that you don't have to pay $150 a session for. And what you really get is, is a wellness coach for a full year that helps you in every aspect of your life. And for someone like, like Lana, she really wants to continue to build strength to that leg, but also overall to the, to the total body, continue to progress in her fitness. So overall, can you touch on the virtual personal training program and how it's helped you so far to date with your progression after your total knee replacement? Uh, it's been wonderful. Um, I was concerned that without PT, I would lose motion or whatever. Because it was probably February. It was still cruddy weather. You couldn't be outside yet. Uh, what can I do inside to not lose this motion that I have? And going into the program, um, it seemed it has strengthened me. It's given, I mean, I'm back out in the yard doing my work and everything. And I'm going, oh, I have so much more strength now. Mm-hmm. I can, I'm stable out there. Um, we look forward to coming in and doing it because we're building it into our re- regular routine. Mm-hmm. But we're of an age where we've decided we would rather take care of ourselves than wind up in ER. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you hit it on the head, um, not just for the individual that's had a total knee replacement, no. but that, that virtual personal training program is really for, for the individual that's 40 and up that says, hey, I'm, I, I can see 10, 20, 30 years down the road that at the rate that I'm going, where <laughs> I'm going to be. And the, the whole key in life is not to live the longest, but to live the longest with the best quality of life. And that's really what the virtual personal training program is looking to do is to, to improve our, our overall wellness, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, um, in all aspects that gives you the best chance of, of having the best quality of life long term. So yes. um, one for me, I'm glad that you 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 signed up for that. I've, I've like I said, um, you're a you're a fan favorite around here. <laughs> so we enjoy having you talking with you, but also helping you meet your goals. So, you know, from this um, beginning to end before surgery, um, all the way to the virtual personal training program, is there anything else that you want to add that we haven't touched on today that talks about um, kind of your experience overall and your progression that would help the next person that's looking to get a knee replacement? Um, Because of what happened to my knee before surgery, I got to know your staff well. which made the rehab part really easy. But if they don't know their rehab people, take and make an appointment. Go in and meet them. Mm-hmm. Know who these people are so that when you are in those tough moments, and there will be tough moments, you can trust these people. You can take what they're saying and and do it without that qualm that you might have. if You don't know who this person is. Well, they don't care about me. If you come here, get to know the people, you'll know they do care, and what they're telling you is what needs to be done. I think it eases things. And you hit it on the head there. You know, physical therapy in general is really a relationship business. Um, you know, the, what makes the the job and the profession fun for me is truly the relationships. I, I like being in a smaller town where I get to know a lot of people. I get to make a difference in their lives. And then when I see them at Safeway or I, I see them around town, it's it's nice. It's, yes. it's nice to know that you're helping people. And that's where um, I also like the virtual personal training program because a lot of times people will will you'll work with them intimately two to three times per week and then all of a sudden they're discharged and they're out of your life and you don't get to see how they're doing you can't continue to help make an impact in their life the virtual personal training program still allows us to to see you often 
and still see how you're doing, help you with any of your wellness needs and still, you know, converse with you. So that's, that's always fun. So overall, um, I'd like to one, thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. You know, we, we've truly enjoyed having you be a part of our universe. Um, and, and working with you has been an absolute pleasure for not just myself, but (laughs) for the whole staff, all the way from our front office down to each provider, you know, as you know, and I just touched on, the reason we do this is really about those relationships. To see you build from your initial, um, even before your prehab, um, physical therapy, to your total knee replacement, all the way to the virtual personal training, to the person you are today, it, it has been the absolute pleasure of ours. So um, you truly make our job rewarding to see the progression you've made, but also the warm, kind personality, your husband, Bill, both of you are exactly the people that we love helping, love working with. So again, it has been our absolute pleasure. So again, thank you, Lana, for coming on the show. And and thanks to our loyal listeners for reaching out the last couple podcasts with questions that you've had. Um, Your comments and questions are, are absolutely always appreciated. So for today, this concludes our podcast. And as always, we would love to see you next time. Keep rising, keep on moving. And thanks again, team, for being a part of In the Clinic with Rob. Thank you for listening to In the Clinic with Rob. Your participation in this show means the absolute world to us. Feel free to hit the subscribe button for more of this auditory experience and to keep on listening. Thanks again, team. We'll see you next time.